Otherwise it is with me, Nancy Richards, here on SAFM. And it's otherwise, in, uh, it's Wednesday, so um, the team today, we've got Hazel Microzini, we've got Rob Parkin, and we've got you. And it's Wednesday, and it's our help desk, or maybe I'm thinking perhaps it's more of a chat room, because I don't think we've got any answers coming to you on this one, just for any questions and maybe thoughts around it. And the question that we're asking today is, working mothers, are they role models or are they just absent parents? And does uh, the work, the fact that you're working, does it impact negatively on the development personally and academically of your child? Well, how's it been for you? Let us know if you're a working mother and do you feel that you're never there? Do you feel that, uh, or do you feel that you're setting a good example for your child just by the very fact of you working? The question uh, that was triggered, the question that triggered, uh, the question really was triggered, can I say, by a piece of research that we read about in the paper with a piece of research done in the UK, which was in essence an analysis of six studies looking at 40,000 children over the last four decades, in which was found conclusive evidence that there is no link between mothers continuing their careers and children underachieving at school as a result. Just to go on though, those born in the 70s, 80s and 90s had on average slightly lower literacy and numeracy scores than those whose mothers didn't work, But in children born from 2000 on, there was no difference. Well, that's in the UK. Here in South Africa, we have no such statistics, but we do have plenty of working mothers. So for their opinions, we're going to be talking to the editor of both Mamas and Papas magazine and also of Your Baby. They are respectively Nawal Motleka and also Jenny Collins. We're also going to be hearing from an educational psychologist. She's Carla Blackie. And if you'd like to share with your thoughts and your experience, the uh, time is now 0892102010, 0892102010. Not so much what's news, because I think we're just going to concentrate our energies and our time on this particular topic. And so I'm just going to expand a little bit on the article in question. In the UK, children born after the year 2000 were the first of those to benefit from universal early years teaching, with 90% of the children having some sort of formal education between the ages of 3 and 5, compared to only 40-50% to 50% in the 80s, so that would have made a big difference. Plus, maternity leave conditions in the UK have improved. But I think that that earlier statistic indicates the, the huge importance of early childhood development, in case we doubted it. Also in the UK, childcare facilities uh, come into question more easily available in the UK now, though they say that for single parents, the cost of it can be crippling. In that respect, I think a similar situation applies here in South Africa. So that's the issue on the table. So if you're a mother and you're working outside of the house, how do you think your children are being affected, either in terms of their schoolwork or their personal development or their self-esteem, and uh, how guilty or otherwise are you feeling? So you can let us know. The number to call on is 0892102010, 0892102010. Working mothers, uh, role models or absent parents?
thousand trillion dollars of taxpayers' money disappear every year. Unaccounted for. Unaccounted Listening to otherwise here on SAFM, and our apologies for that slight break in transmission. Seems we've got a, had a bug, but it seems now it's been sorted out. Well, what we're talking about on the show today, on our Wednesday show, we're calling it a chat room. We're talking about working mums. Are they role models or are they absent parents? And if you're a working mother, do you feel that it's impacting negatively on your child, either in terms of their personal development or in their academic performance? Well, going to start with the editor of um, Mamas and Papas magazine. She's Nawal Motleka, and we got her on the line. Hi, Nawal. Hi. Hi, Nancy. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Um, Nawal, what about you? Are you a working mother yourself? I am a working mother. I'm okay. wearing 10 different caps. Okay. Yes, not, I am. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Relate, relate. Okay, so Noel, what's your take on this? As a working mother, what's your take on it personally? Do you feel the fact that you're working out of the house each and every day is impacting negatively on your children? I think this, it's, it's, it has been an ongoing conversation, you know, I think globally. You know, as a mother, especially if you become, um, you know, a first-time mother, that reality dawns and you work okay, what do I do? Do I become a good mother by staying at home or I just join the club of still wanting to keep, you know, my corporate, you know, work. I still want to keep my business. I still want to run around and do things. But it, it, it all depends on individual choices. For example, if you look at my personal journey, I, I've got a six-year-old daughter and uh, I took a longer leave, um, you know, just after giving birth because of the joy and stuff things. And, um, you know, uh, I, I took, I think, about six to seven months. Mm. Shortly after that, I just realized to say, okay, I'm done now. 
I think I want something more than just what I'm actually doing there because I thought that it's a bond that will just be continuous. And then I realized to say, how would I want to be remembered by my daughter? And I actually had to sit down and have a serious conversation with myself to say, I want to love her. But at the same time, I still want to be happy as a mother. I want to be a provider. I want to be able to do things for her. Now I've actually got to just move out of the box of just loving and say, what are the key things that I actually want, not only for my daughter, but also for myself. I want actually to be financially independent. That's actually quite important uh, for me as a person. You know, I'm actually an ambitious woman. Um, and I had actually my own, you know, um, I was just scared of boredom, you know, a bit of depression. What happens? You know, when, when you're a woman, especially these days, you've got to actually think out of the box to say, in an instance of maybe losing a partner or something actually happens, what do I do? Mm-hmm. You know, so I had actually all these kind of conversations with myself. And later I said, I think I know exactly where I want to be, but I've got to find ways of balancing. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what assists me in the journey. Come in again. I promise you, I feel guilty and said, oh, shucks, my daughter did. I haven't done this, you know. But with the support that I have around me, it sort of like makes me feel much better. I'm still very involved in her life. From the morning, I shower with her. And, you know, I drop her at school. I have a breakfast with her. I even prepare a lunchbox. So those are small little things that makes me feel better to say I participate as a mother. I might not be there every day when she comes back from school. If I do have a moment, I go back and have lunch with her. If I don't. And I even talked to her, I mean, to her. She's six years. I said, Mommy is working because of A, B, C, and D. But I want her to remember me that my mother, she worked hard for me, for my education, and to contribute back to the community. Because if you look at the kind of stuff that I do, it's not just for her, it's not just for me, but it's for South Africans as well. Yeah. Wow. Gosh, Noel, that's a really honest testimony there. <laughs> Um, I, it, very interesting to hear about the conversation that you had with yourself. What about your daughter's conversations, either with you or with herself? Do, do, is it something that comes up? Do we get? Uh, do, do you ever get the sort of "But mummy, you're never here" conversation? Oh yes, she does. Oh yes, she does. And um, sometimes she calls, you know, because she's got an open line. One thing that I don't actually do, I don't switch off my cell phone. Um, even when I'm in a serious meeting, I just said, "Guys, I keep my phone just in case my daughter calls." If she asks me, how far are you, mommy? She's got this sentence now. Say, you, said, you said you're on the road, but how far are you? Which road? And normally I will actually say, William Nichols. says, why are you always on William Nichols? You're <laughs> shouting at me. I said, but I told you, mommy, it's going to be in the meeting sometimes. I mention names of President, you know, Nelson Mandela, President Bees, you know, because those are the people that she knows. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. mommy, I want this said you just call me back when you're done. But mm-hmm. she sort of like complains sometimes, you didn't, you didn't take me to school. But I said, but I took you to school the whole of last week. Like today, I'm in Nile Strait. Um, and you look at, she had to be picked up by the driver. So I know I will actually make up as a mother, you know, but I, I do feel guilty. But I try to have a conversation with her. Mommy's going to be late today. Mommy's going out with friends. Mommy's going, you know, to have a, a, you know, a meal with friends. You know, but she will constantly still call because they will never be over, you know, our love. They doesn't always want more. But at the same time, I want to be happy also as mommy so that... If I'm happy and I'm sort of like balanced, I know I will actually be able to transfer that love to my daughter. But I do talk to her a lot. Two questions, Noel. One is the, um, 
do you feel, and I suppose this is a question that we should be asking somebody else who knows your daughter very well, do you feel that she has in any way suffered as a result of you working? And the other question is, how were you parented yourself? But let's start with, what, what's your daughter's name? My daughter's name is Zawi. 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 Z-A-W-A. Okay. Yes, Zawi. Zawi, do you feel that she has in any way suffered as a result of you working? I think, you know, I wish we actually invited Zawi in this, you know, <laughs> interview. <laughs> she was probably just having a exciting conversation yeah. because her thinking level, sometimes I get worried that I think I converse a lot with her and involve her in some of the things that I do. She sees herself as sort of like my deputy. The other day she was asking me, Mommy, what is salary? Because she listened to news a lot, you know, with me when I'm listening to news. Mommy, what is salary? And as I was trying to explain to her, she says, why am I not getting salary? Because I'm part of your, you know, one of the companies that I sort of like work for. You know, so she, 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 she's a very engaging child, but at the same time I'm seeing myself in her. And I'm saying, oh, gosh, this is actually not right. Maybe I'm actually giving too much information to this little soul. But at the same time, there is a reality for me. I have to converse to converse with her, to engage with her, so that I open that line. She needs to hear, you know, she needs to learn things from me because I always say I want to be my daughter's role model. Mm -hmm. My mother, she is my role model. She raised me. She stayed at home. She refused to go work until her last born daughter was born and started school. That's when she stood up and said, okay, now I'm ready. She had an advantage because she had us very early. I sort of like one of those that traveled the world, being all over, you know, very career-driven, and I started slightly later, so I don't actually have that pleasure of saying I'm going to stay at home and later mushroom and want to have an opportunity to climb that corporate ladder. So hence, to me, it's all about balancing, but ensuring that I empower this little soul so that it understands because sooner or later, it will actually be, she'll be big and she'll yeah. probably be like, I've seen my mother doing it. I've seen my mother touching other people's lives. How do I do it at the same time, you know? And, and, and some of the other events where I take her to, it's, they are children, you know, because I'm very much into children. But I want to, for her to learn, to extend the legacy of her mother as I'm extending my own legacy, my mother's legacy, because I want her to be a good mother to her children. But that shouldn't sort of like stop her from being who she want to be as a person or as a woman. Well, Noel, I think you have said it like it is, and thank you for that. That was really, really interesting, and you also told me about your own mother and, and your parenting. I'm going to let you go and put on one of your many hats that you wear, so thank you very much. And I think you should put Zawi on your payroll, <laughs> then she'll know what a salary is. For her salary, definitely. I will do it. Thank you. Thank you. Lovely. Well, you're listening to Otherwise, and how lovely was that? That was Noelle Motlerka, and she's the founding editor of Mamas and Papas magazine. Well, if you'd like to know a little bit more, I'd suggest you Google, and I think that was, that was really quite a story. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about working mothers. Does it impact negatively on your child in terms of uh, his or her self-development, in terms of their schoolwork? What do you think? You can call us on 0892 10 2010. Well, we've got ourselves an educational psychologist next on the line. She's Cara Blackie, and she's been giving this much thought. Hi, Cara. Hi. 
Very nice to have you with us, and thank you for thinking about this. And I think, were you able to hear what Noel had to say? Yes, I did. I did. Comments? I did. I was able to hear what she had to say. And your comments on what she had to say? I think, you know, it is interesting. I think in some ways, you know, if... If that is your passion to work, I think that moms also need to be able to, to fulfill their dreams. Um, and because children will then learn of how they can fulfill their own dreams when they grow up. Um, and so there is that balance between how much maternity leave you take or how quickly you go back to work. Yes, and I, but I think one of the points that you also made, or previously you were also making, is that it isn't, it isn't necessarily for every mother to stay at home, I mean, they may be doing more harm than good. You know, as you point out, in, in case of, uh, of homework, if you come home and, you know, you're sort of rushing and you're late and you're tired and you're impatient with your child, you may be doing more harm than good. Yeah, I think so. You know, I think what's so difficult with the educational side of children is that every single child is totally different in their development. And, yes, it has some impact on their early development and being at home or, you know, their mom being at home with them. But a lot of the time it's just got to do with a lot of other factors. And I think what's really difficult for parents is that they want to be able to help when they get home. But if they've had a stressful day at work, it's very difficult to be patient with your child, especially when it comes to home. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's important for moms to also be able to delegate and, you know, ask for help from other people and say, you know, I'm a bit stressed tonight. Could you help him with the homework? You know, and I think that's where, you know, the dad comes in if there's a dad involved because that's so important to be able to say, look, I'm actually overloaded right now. Can you help? And when the mom then is less free, you know, more free, then she can also, you know, take over more responsibility. Yes, I think we have to admit to the fact that here in South Africa there's a huge amount of single parents and I think there are a lot of women for whom it's not really an option whether they can choose yeah. to, to go to work or not. So they're going to have to somehow deal with this um, themselves. In your experience as an educational psychologist, have you seen any evidence of, uh, you know, quite difficult to answer this probably, have you seen any evidence of the fact that, you know, having a, a working mother has impacted negatively on a child, maybe on their self-esteem as well as their, um, their academic work? I think I think mostly in terms of self-esteem in particular, and I think that's got to do with sort of the, the attachment to the mother figure and also I think, you know, what you know, what you need to take into consideration is children often have perceptions of what's happening. So even if the mom is there as much as she can be, they might have perception that the mom's not there. And so it's very difficult to understand a child's emotional world because even in reality, the mom's there as much as she can. A child's perception can often be very different. And so to understand that, you know, for them, they might need a little bit more even though the mom's giving enough. And it's sometimes just looking at how the child behaves, what the child might need more of. And it's, and, and in terms of that, it's not, you know, it's not in terms of maybe more money for tuck shop or, you know, a toy when you get home from work to show that you missed them. It's more about the quality time um, that you spend with your child. And I, and I enjoyed the previous, you know, speaker because she said that it's about talking with your child mm. and explaining to her. And I think that's so important. We forget, especially as children get older, that there are certain things that are, you know, adult discussions, but there are a lot of things that they pick up and that they deserve to hear about or know about. And mm. I think that allows 
a better communication between moms and their child, which will help with self-esteem, which will help with confidence and being able to feel, okay, well, you know, my mom understands me and this is how I sort of feel about that. So it can definitely help in terms of, Expanding their knowledge apart from anything else. Exactly. I learned more from my mother than I learned at the whole of school, (laughs) one way or another, and she was a working. I'm just going to quickly take a call because we've got uh, Mrs. Govender on the line from Durban. Hi, Mrs. Govender. Hello, Nancy. How are you? I'm well, thanks. What's your point? Well, uh, just some good advice for parents. You don't mind? Mm -hmm. Go for it. Well, I will start with good good advice for parents found in Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a boy or a girl according to the way for them. Even when they grow old, they will not turn aside from it. Unquote. A good, well-disciplined child does not come automatically in Nancy, and is worth more than all the money in the world. Parents need to know not only what their child is doing, but also what she is thinking and feeling. This involves a lot of time, effort, and gentle probing. Mm-hmm. The parents themselves should be even more cautious when it comes to monitoring their own behavior as role models for the impressionable children. But unfortunately today, many children come home into an empty home after school as both parents are at work. They're exposed to many hours of TV viewing with countless acts of yeah. violence, rape. Mrs. Governor, I'm going to yes. leave it at that because I, I think we, we hear okay, where you're going with this. But thank you very much for sharing. Okay, thank you. Yeah. 0892102010 if you'd like to give us a call. We're talking about working mothers, whether they're role models or absent parents, and, uh, you know, the issue of children coming home to an empty home. I suppose, Cara Blackie, educational psychologist, I suppose you were sort of alluding earlier to having, if you are a working mother, you sort of need to have a heightened consciousness about what your child does or doesn't need, and then I suppose you need to put it into action. But we'll come back to you in just a minute. We're talking about working mothers and the impact that they have on their children. But right now it's 1.30, time for the news headlines with Utsili. Thanks very much, Utsili. But right now, otherwise it is Talking Women. We're talking about working mothers and the impact that they may or may not have negatively or positively on their children. Talking to, in a minute, we're going to be talking to uh, Jenny Collins. She's the editor of Your Baby magazine. I know she's been listening with interest to all of this. But Cara Blackie, um, and if you'd like to call us 0892102010, Cara, just coming back to Mrs. Uh, Governor's point about children coming to an empty home. You know, maybe I, I think one of the other points that you made in your in your thoughts that you sent me before the program is that it's it's not necessarily about you personally being there all the time, but making sure that there is a figure in that person's life, uh, in that child's life, that is consistent. Yeah, no, for sure, and I think that that is what's so difficult. So if there is, let's say. And, you know, when children get older, an aftercare system where they know where they're going, who they're going with, that can often be quite containing for kids because they become used to the routine of it. Um, and the same with nannies. If the child is going home and there's going to be a nanny at home that's going to look after them until 5 o'clock and their parents get home, that's also vitally important. I think with the nannies, we forget the, the role that they play of just being that figure um, sort of like that second mother when the mom's not there and how important that is. Um, I think consistency is the most important. So if the nanny can be there for, you know, as many years as she can, it's, it's way better than every few months a new nanny because the child, children like consistency and they, they find comfort in that. 
And so I know as much as a parent will struggle with always being home at the exactly same time, for instance, but if there's someone there who can offer some sort of consistency, that will bring a lot of comfort to a child. At what point is it a good time? It was interesting to hear what Nawal said there. You know, she stayed at home for the first six, seven months of a child's life when babies are very tiny. It's difficult to see the effect that you're having on them. I mean, you know that they love you or that you know that, that you can uh, sort of comfort them, but you don't necessarily see uh, how it's impacting on their development. When they get a bit older, then they can sort of start their input and, and say what they do or don't want. Uh, if you have to go back to work or you want to go back to work when your baby is still very young, what's the best thing to do? Or is it best to wait until a little later, do you think? I think if you have the opportunity to wait a little later, that's better. But a, a lot of parents or a lot of moms don't have that opportunity. Yes. And so after three months or even less, they have to return to work. And I think, you know, by um, by sort of spending more time that you have available is best. So if you've got maybe a morning routine that you can do where you can wake up a bit earlier, feed your baby, um, clothe, you know, do all of the morning kind of routines, do something where you feel like you're contributing, I think that can often help. I think it is difficult um, to, to say how long you should give because I think a lot of jobs don't give that opportunity to moms. Yes, indeed. Um, Cora, stay with us. We've got uh, Jenny, Jenny on the line as well, Jenny Collins, editor of Your Baby magazine. But we have to bang on the line from Pretoria, and if you'd like to give us a call, 0892102010. Hi, Tabang. Hello, how are you? I'm well, thanks. I'm very well, thank you. Mm. Um, interestingly, I'm listening to your show, and I am actually traveling today, and my daughter is sick as we speak. And I must say, it, it's quite... Um, I think the topic has just come at a perfect time because on my way to work right now, I'm actually reflecting on whether I should still go on this trip or I shouldn't, mm. you know. Um, and I suppose as a, as a mother and the bond that one has with a child, you also kind of feel very guilty, yeah. um, especially at a time like this when your baby is sick. But um, I'm, one of the comforting things for me or assurance for me is, um, the my my nanny, my baby's nanny, who is my um, maternal aunt. Mm. So it, it that also helps the support system. It is very very important because you can imagine being away from your child with somebody. Fine, you do trust that person either way, but it, it, it's it's there's that element of relief when it, it's someone who's extremely close. Yeah. You know, um, it also gives you time to focus on the job at hand because you also don't want to sit in a place where you are absent-minded because you're constantly worrying. So, um, but I'm, 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 one of, I'm, I'm a person who's 100% um, being actively involved in a, child, in, in, in a child's life. I mean, my daughter is two, and I spend, you know, all of my time, the time that I have with her. And for me, it's, I mean, we're living in a world where, you know, families are disintegrated, children are growing up without mothers or fathers, and one really wants to be there to build that foundation, to build that, um, you know, that firm, firm, strong foundation yeah. um, for your child in growing. So you also want to affirm and, and make sure that you did have influence and you somewhat did have control of how your baby grows up. Yeah. 
that Chaban, can I just ask you? Can, can I ask you two questions? Uh, your your uh, nanny aunt. Do you yes. uh, do you at the end of the day? Do you share a lot with her? You know, how's it been going? What you know? Do you say what you'd like, what you don't like? I mean, how good is that relationship? <laughs> it was quite difficult in the beginning, you know, because she is my maternal aunt, and to a certain extent, she was kind of my mother, mm. you know. Mm. And it, it was it was really quite difficult because she had also um, she was quite involved in my upbringing. So to actually uh, tell her some of the things yes. that Ooh. I preferred <laughs> and some of the things that I didn't prefer, it was really quite difficult. Mm. But it also our we have an open relationship. Um, we I grew up. Um, in a fairly decent home and I was raised quite well, I'd like to believe. And we were able to talk and we were open to a certain extent where I could actually sit her down and I really had to sit her down and, you know, tell her what some of the things that I would prefer her to do and some of those which I didn't prefer her to do. But um, to also say that um, at times I was quite, I'd hold back um, and I'd ask my mother to intervene. Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> you know, there were those moments yeah. where my mother really had to step in yeah. and say, you know, on behalf of me. <laughs> Gosh, you know, to we're, going, we're going to leave it at that because we, yeah. we're a bit short of time, but that's definitely a conversation for another day, but that sounds like a very delicate situation. <laughs> Thank you very much, and I hope that your daughter gets better soon. Thank you. Gosh, what real honesty, uh, and it's amazing how when you talk to a mother, all the anxieties and the things that they have to deal with, there's just so much to discuss. Cara, very briefly, interesting to hear, I suppose. Um, everything is fine as long as you've got all your ducks in a row and you're super organized. Everything's fine until your child gets sick or something goes wrong. Yeah, and I think that's when, you know, mothers are really tested mm. in terms of, you know, juggling, as, as you know, as the caller said, you know, all of the, the hats that you have to play and put on. And I think when your child is sick, it's difficult to know, what do I do? Do I stay home and look after them? And I think that's where I think some some moms are really lucky where work allows them some time off for things like that and other other jobs don't. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes if, you know, the, the previous caller was lucky that she has someone who she trusts and who sort of brought her up that in some way she knows certain things will be dealt with the way that she would deal with them. And I think that's quite comforting for a mom. And comfort is what a lot of mums want as well as uh, the children needing comfort. Lovely. Cara, thank you so much for your wisdom. Thank you very much for joining us. Take care. Cara Blackie is an educational psychologist uh, and she's in Joburg. And you're listening to Otherwise, and we're talking about the effect of working mums on their children, positive or negative. And if you'd like to call us, 0892102010. Well, we have Jenny Collins on the line. She's the editor of Your Baby magazine. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Nancy. Hi. Are you a working mother? Um, of course. Yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> I'm a full-time working mum. Okay. How do you do deal with it personally? I tell you what, I mean, the one thing I, I just noted from listening to all those people is that it's mother guilt just comes along with a placenta, doesn't it? Mm. And I think even the moms who don't work probably feel guilty that they're not working, um, that they're not, you know, contributing to the family finances or, you know, perhaps not giving their children other influences, et cetera, et cetera. So guilt, it just comes along with the job. Thank goodness mothers can multitask. Um for me, the way I'm very fortunate in that I do have a very uh, sympathetic employer and I'm, I'm, I live close enough to my kids' school and home so I can actually fetch them from school every day and drop them home and then come back to the office. 
But believe me, I've had my children crying, wanting me to stay, and the guilt that accompanies that leaving again is, is hard. It's and, hard. and how do you deal with it? Well, I remember the, the first time when my son sort of broke down and asked me, why, he, why do I have to go to work? And I just said to him, because we need money for sweets. And he said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Completely understood when, you, when it was down to his basic mm. needs being met. Um, I do it. We've got a very great nanny at home that has been there from when my son was a baby. So I think exactly what Cara said, the strong, um, consistent backup system that's there. Yes, somehow you need to find that person who is going to be a consistent. uh, Because I think somebody else, I think it was Cara who suggested that, you know, what children want most of all is consistency. 0892102010, we've got Diane on the line from the Eastern Cape. Hi, Diane. Hello. Hello. (laughs) I'm Fanny regarding your show. Lovely show, lovely talk. Thanks. Um, Well, for me, myself, I run my own business with my husband, and I'm currently travelling to Mount Ayla for the former Transcar, and we actually live in East uh, East London, Eastern Cape. Um, I've got two kids. They are wonderful. Sometimes I wish I could be with them all the time, but I travel a lot, like I said. And they're coping at school. I wish I could do a bit more. But as they know, from 5 until 8, it's their time when I'm at home. When I'm not at home, great-grandparents that help out and family that help out when, we, when we're not there. They support them with the schoolwork. And if you have a strong relationship with people that stand behind you, your same values, you can't go wrong. That, yes, absolutely. That 5 to 8 is their time. So when you come home at 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock... I've been evening until they go to bed. That is their time. We make supper together, we play, we sing songs, they do what they want to do. When it's 8 o'clock, they pass, they really have the supper, they go to the bed, and I carry on with my paperwork and get my life sorted out again for the next day. But on weekends, it's their choice what they want to do. And granted, they got their chores to do daily. They've got to pack away the dishes and make the bed and help on the weekend with cutting the grass. But I can't... Put it this way, where do you find a five-year-old daughter that tells a brother... Don't be derogative. <laughs> and I asked her, do you know what that means? She says, yes, don't talk down to a person. Oh. <laughs> well, there you go. I think there's another child that needs to go on the payroll because I think we're all learning a whole lot from our children. Gosh, Diane, thank you very much for sharing thank that. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, cheers. 0892102010. You know, Jenny, it seems, like, it seems like the support system is, it can't be done without a support system. And it sounds like you need to be very organized and it sounds like you need to not beat yourself up. I mean, I think with, with huge stats of single moms in this country, we don't have a choice but to work, many of us, and even if we're not single. You know, many of us can't survive on a one-income family. Yeah. So basically you have to check your guilt at the door. I have to work. I choose to work. I like working. That's okay. Um, and then stop beating yourself up about it. Uh, let go of the guilt because at the end of the day, decisive parenting you know, your kids are looking at you. You've made a decision. You stick with it. You put things in place. I think what your caller was saying, five to eight, make sure that that is quality time spent with your kids. You know, don't, if you are a working mom, I try not to farm my kids off on the weekend. We do stuff together as a family as often as possible, as much as I'd love time on my own. That is something that gets sacrificed at times. 
Yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah, that is the point, isn't it? That me time, I suppose, is going to get lost. But, it does get lost. But maybe it's putting one day it'll come back. Yes, well, absolutely. <laughs> and, and maybe what you put in is what you get out eventually. So perhaps the me time can just be on the back burner. Absolutely. 0892102010. We've got Liz on the line who is a former teacher. Hi, Liz. Yes, hello, Nancy. Um, my name's Liz McKenzie. I introduced Mums and Pops Gym into South Africa in um, the early 80s. And I've worked with children for 30 years, retired now. I have a comment to make about absent parents, mm. mothers and fathers. Um, what I notice, not so much whether I know the mother is working or the father is working, is that the mother and the father's time in our modern world is spent, an extraordinary amount of time is spent on their telephones, on their cell phones, iPads, Facebook, Twitters, tweets. And I think if one really added up the time that some of these parents spend looking at that little screen while their child is hanging around their legs, crying, whining, misbehaving, you'd find that there's hundreds and thousands of hours of absent parents because they are glued to their phones. Um, and I think that it, it can be a problem. Did you, though, as a, I mean, I hear what you say in, in terms of technology, sometimes it's unavoidable, but did you notice uh, in your time as a teacher that children whose parents, whose mother, for instance, was working, did you notice any, um, any sort of adverse effect in terms of their performance or their self-esteem? No, possibly their performance, uh, possibly the homework um, um, situation, where it was definitely not supervised but not in the schools that I worked, not in the child's behavior in the class room at all, but uh, definitely in the supervising of work or getting the right things to school, what they had to be wearing, what they had to be doing. Yeah. There was definitely, that would have been noticeable that you would have been aware that the, the mother was not, or yeah. the parent was not that available for those little after Thanks, things. thanks, Lizzie. Your, your line is coming and going a bit, but thanks for that point. Thank okay. you very much. Thank you, bye-bye. 0892 if you'd like to give us a call. Jenny, you know, one of the things that I think really needs to be said is that it's not... It isn't just about um, the mother and her guilt and however she deals with it and her being organised. Mm, time mm. and again, we've heard what you said, uh, it helps to have a sympathetic employer. It's, it's all about the village raising the child, isn't it? If, if um, it was more, if, if a working woman's life were a little bit, or ours were a little bit more flexible, it may help her. And that's exactly it. And I think your previous caller was right. I mean, you glued to your screen. And I think often that's because mom keeps checking mail. And, you know, we, we're in, fortunate in that we can go back to our work after the kids are asleep and do what we need to do. But we do need self-discipline. I'm with my children these three hours. The phone gets put away. Um, I'll come back to it later. You, you know, you get sucked into that sort of vortex. But absolutely, the village raising a kid. I mean, our, in South Africa, we are so fortunate. We have aunties. We've got grannies. We've got nannies. We've got people that really do support us. In Europe, you really do. You, you know, you have to pay for mm. child, prohibitively expensive childcare. So we're quite, we really are fortunate that we have got these options available to us. And I think we should never underestimate the value of a nanny or somebody who's looking after no, your absolutely child. Absolutely not. And I mean, you know, with Jenny, my, we're going with to my leave own, it. We, we're going, yes. yep, no, say it. No, I'm just saying with my own um, nanny, I, I would far rather ask her first to babysit 
than my own mum because that's how close she is to my kids. Oh, so, yeah. Wow. <laughs> mum's not listening. <laughs> no. Not. Jenny Collins, thank you very much. Jenny is the editor of Your Baby magazine and you've been listening to Otherwise. And don't forget any comments afterwards, you can always uh, send us a mail otherwise at safm.co.za or pop us a, a Facebook message at Otherwise on SAFM. Next up, Sharp Sharp, the children's programme.